Money talks. But so do we. I'm Lauren. And I'm Daniel. And And we're we're your friends friends with with Tax tax Benefits. We're here to sound off about write-offs. To get wise about wealth building. And to take the taboo out of tax talk. We work at TurboTax, so obviously, this is what we love to talk about. But we're not here to replace your accountant. In each episode, we'll share our own personal opinions, advice, and jokes about all things financial. What we won't do is share any opinions on behalf of Intuit, TurboTax, their brands, or employees. The lawyers made you say that, huh, Lauren? So stop scrolling on Tax Talk, tell your CPA you'll call them back later, and let's talk tax, friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to season two of Friends with Tax Benefits. I couldn't be more excited than I am right now to be here with my esteemed co-host, Lauren Thomas. Lauren, it's great to see you. Thank you. Glad to be back. We're so excited for season two. And this season, while we're keeping many of the things the same as they were last season, we're also switching a few things up. We still have our Q&A at the end of the episode to answer your questions. And the knowledgeable cat will be joining us later. Today's topic is charitable giving. How do you do it well? How do you do it maximizing tax benefits? How do you do it to maximize your impact? And um, excited to talk with you about that today, Lauren. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. I think as we were doing our prep for this episode, we were thinking about who might be a really great guest to have on. And I think all of us in that meeting had the same light bulb moment about who might be the perfect person to chat about giving because she's really misgiving. <laughs> misgiving. Misgiving. I do not have any misgivings about misgiving. I like that. <laughs> our first guest is none other than our colleague and friend, Mari Pullen. She is the epitome of a person who gives with passion. She's involved with her local Rotary Club, sits on the board of directors for a nonprofit, served as Intuit San Diego's We Care and Give Back chair for many years, and so much more. Of course, we need to say that even though she works with Intuit, she is not representing Intuit or its views. But as a friend and one of my work besties, we wanted to bring her on to kick off this discussion. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome, Mari. It's awesome to see you. Awesome to have you. Can't wait to learn from you today. Yeah, welcome. I'm excited to dig in. Let's do it. Mari, I feel a little sheepish about my relative lack of giving of time and myself when I hear about your background. And so um, I'd love to get a little bit of uh, your background and how you got so involved in in charitable giving in all of the aspects that that you are giving of yourself and your time and your energy. I mean, absolutely. To start, I'll say, Daniel, there's nothing to be you know ashamed of or sad about. There's so many ways to give, whether it's your time, resources, connections, or money, there's, you know, something is is relevant for anyone, depending on what you're, what's available to you. So for me, I first started in high school. Community service was mandatory. It was something we had to do. And as part of that, I discovered a love for helping others, the community, and it was something that made me feel good. Um, from there, just started to get more involved, both in our local community and throughout my time in college and beyond. Um, And today, it's something that is deeply personal to me, um, both something that I care about and then try to extend for my family. You touched on something that really resonates with me, and it's not the mandatory 
community service, which my high school did not require of me. Uh, that would have given me a jump start. But it's the notion that you felt good when you did it. And there's a lot of happiness research that, you know, I think we've talked about it on the show in season one where money and things don't make people happier, but but actually giving. Um, and it, that actually does objectively make people happier. And so I can, it totally resonates when you said that you really felt good and that can fuel people to continue with their giving, whether it's their time, energy, or or money. So that's great. Also, this podcast is about friends and a really cool way to go to volunteer is with a friend. In fact, Lauren's come with me a number of times to volunteer. So not only are you able to help, but there's also this element of spending time with people that you care about um, to make the world a better place. One thing I'm really curious about, Mari, so you are a San Diego lady. You went to college across the country and you mentioned you got more into volunteering at college. How do you go about finding organizations to plug into and support in the communities that you're part of? It's a great question. And it just takes a little bit of research. So find something or a cause that you care about. I'd say one of that, Daniel, you mentioned this is that connection with wanting to make sure you're finding an organization that aligns with your values. So you can use anything from search to be able to connect with people in your network, or even there's like a handful of websites that are really great resources, such as GuideStar, that can help you with nonprofit rankings and ratings to see what that looks like and make sure that it's a good fit before you reach out. I want to pick up on your first comment about talking to your friends. And it's such a good one because I think that people often think, hey, I want to give an anonymous donation because I don't want I don't want to make it seem like it's about me or I'm I'm trying to, you know, brag about having given a donation. And I want it to just seem like it's from my heart. But what's interesting about that is I think there can be a contagion, like a positive contagion about someone saying like, hey, I just donated a hundred bucks. And people say, oh, like I've got a budget line item for charitable giving. I don't even know where to go. Like who's a good cause? And so it's really interesting to consider the impact that you putting your name next to something that you donate time-wise or money-wise and other people just saying, oh, I want to get in on that too. Think NPR does that when it does its fundraising polls. Like, you know, Lauren Thomas from San Diego just gave $50. Enjoy the coffee mug. And I'll say, I, I know Lauren, she's amazing. I want to do it too. <laughs> so one story on that, this happened just a couple weeks ago. A friend was doing a fundraiser for pediatric cancer and shared on Instagram that she was looking for other people to donate and that she would match any of the donations that came through. So exactly what you mentioned, Daniel, it's something fun. I, I want to support my friends, support causes that they care about. Um, and so it made it really easy to be able to say, like, raise my hand and say, yes, I'd love to participate. Um, and it was a win-win for everyone. So Mari, there's a couple of things I would love to get into with you while we've got you on the horn here. One of them is I'm always so impressed with you because you're getting a master's degree. You've got a very demanding full-time job. You've got a beautiful family. You've got an active social life. You work out <laughs> on a regular basis. You know, how do you find the time and energy to give back and volunteer? Some of it's about being intentional, finding those causes that you're really passionate about, and then it makes it something enjoyable that you look forward to. And so one other thing is don't feel like you have to do everything at once or help the entire world. Anything you do is amazing and helps make the world a better place, no matter how big or how small. I'd love to chat with you both about how do you think about giving when it comes to making space for it in your budgets? So the two ways to do it are if you just set aside a 
um, you know, a category that I, you, every month it just you don't think about it. It just gets filled in just like you would for your, you know, phone bill or your rent. Um, another way to do it is to automatically have money just withdrawn. And, you know, every month there's an auto donation that goes to the charity of your choice. And the third thing is just what my wife does is when she gets birthday money, she just donates it, um, which I think is adorable. And so um, she says, you, you'll see something come in and the category that goes to is my birthday fund. And I say, you are an inspiration. So that's how we do it. Yeah, I'm not quite as formal as Daniel. So just even thinking about it for a few minutes, I do auto donations. So one of my favorite nonprofits is National Public Radio, something that I used to listen to daily on my commute. And so for me, that is, uh, that's a, non- a nonprofit that I want to support. And so I do a small amount every month. Um, we also do, my husband and I will think about um, our total year and, and carve out some money and give it to causes that we care about, both on a personal note and um, for our daughter. So we're giving her an allowance and she now has three little banks. One is save, spend, and give. And so it's been fun for her of putting a little bit of money um, aside, and then together we decide where she wants to donate it. Mara, your daughter's really young. So how do those banks work? Is it like three separate physical piggy banks? It is. They're separate piggy banks, um, and they're different colors. So um, for her, she gets to, when she does all of her chores and is doing you know activities throughout the, the week, we will give her a little bit of money. Uh, right now, it's $6 that corresponds with how old she is, and she can divide that as she wants. And uh, while we've been having a harder time tracking and teaching her about savings, she loves to set money aside to give and uh, loves to think about how she's going to spend it. And so for her, it's that extra exercise of once we have some money and and having that conversation of what do you want to give to this month? Um, What is something that you're excited about? Uh, It's ranged from our wolf sanctuary here in San Diego uh, to I Love a Clean San Diego, uh, the local nonprofit, uh, so that we kind of let her choose wherever her interests are. So she is making $6 a week? She is. I think these kids are just balling these days. You know what I mean? Like the tooth fairies <laughs> out of control. I guess it's inflation. I don't even know. But <laughs> I was not earning this kind of money that folds when I was a small child. <laughs> So one thing I find really interesting is there is such an emotional and communal benefit to giving, and there's also some tax benefits. The government has these incentives in place to really encourage giving. I think in the world we live in today, there's so many ways to give, right? If it's like a GoFundMe or there's a lot of peer-to-peer fundraising. I've seen on Venmo or Cash App helping out a neighbor in need or a friend in need. And those contributions, unless they're made to a verified nonprofit, are not tax deductible. So that's really important to keep in mind. If you're giving money to someone on GoFundMe to help them, there's a very good chance that you're not going to be able to deduct those contributions. And that a distinction that you mentioned, which is the nonprofit or the organization has to apply to be tax exempt in order to qualify for these donations. So it is something that is potentially over and beyond than someone who is just setting up a general, more generic fundraiser, but it comes with you know benefits for the organization, but then also people who may be donating as well. This conversation has highlighted the importance of having some tax guidance for which I'm really glad we have 
Kat, who's going to be joining us in just a minute to help us kind of get into the nitty gritty of some of the tax implications of charitable giving. But I'm just really grateful for your time, um, for your generosity of your own time to be here, but also in your giving back um, and uh, you're an inspiration. So I thank you so much for joining us today, Mari. Oh, thank you both. It was wonderful to get to chat a little bit more and excited to hear more from Kat and the team. Mari, thank you so much for joining us today and chatting about all things giving. Next up, let's get into some tax talk. So we've had a few questions come up about charitable giving and how it relates to your taxes. And we're thrilled to have one of our favorite tax experts, Kat Rieckmans, back to answer some Q&A. It's so great to have you here. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Lauren. Nice to be here. So first up, how do I know if a financial contribution is going to be tax deductible? So you want to make sure you go to irs.gov and use their tax exempt organizations search tool to ensure that the charity or nonprofit that you're giving to is a qualified organization. And I think that's a great tool to use, especially in this time, whenever there's like disasters happening, people try to take advantage of those situations and you'll see like all types of attempts to get funds from folks. So it's important to look up if you're not familiar with the organization that you're donating to as well. And it's also important to keep in mind that folks like to donate uh, to political organizations sometimes and give monies. And like, while you would think that that would be tax deductible, it's not. So you want to make sure that they have an active tax exempt status with the IRS. Quick question about that. I was shocked when when I realized I, I made that same assumption that, oh, if you're donating, like I'm donating money and it's to, you know, a political candidate, it's not tax deductible. What about political action committees, um, PACs? Is that is that the same thing, Kat? It's considered politics and so it's not tax deductible? So the political action committees, those PACs, they're typically supporting a political party. So because of that, you wouldn't be able to claim that as a charitable contribution. Now, the cause might still be important to you, so you might still choose to donate your money to those efforts, but it's not going to be something that you would be able to deduct on your taxes. When in doubt, check the IRS website. Yes. Great. That's really helpful. And then if someone is giving their time to a cause regularly, but not making a financial contribution, is there anything that could be tax deductible? So they are able to deduct mileage as it pertains to it at 14 cents a mile, but they aren't able to actually deduct any sort of other hourly wage or rate that they might normally charge for their time. So it's lower when you're donating than it is if you're driving for your job. Yes. Got it. Thanks. Speaking of that, you know, Daniel asked the question, if you donate part of your refund to a verified nonprofit, are you then able to deduct that donation on the following year's taxes? So in 2020 and 2021, there was a special provision that allowed you to claim some charitable contributions without having to itemize on your return. But that was only for 2020 and 2021. Now for this 2022 tax year, in order for you to really see the benefits of claiming this charitable deduction, you would have to 
be able to itemize rather than using a standard deduction. That doesn't necessarily keep folks from giving, but I know that it is something that in the past two years, you were able to benefit from it even if you didn't qualify to itemize. So as far as whether it'll make a difference or not will depend on if you can use the standard deduction or itemized deduction. So when you're determining if a standard deduction or an itemized deduction would be best for you, most tax softwares are going to help you figure that out when you're putting in the things that apply to your specific situation. So whether you maybe have student loan interest that you've paid or you have a home mortgage interest that you've paid, those things are going to count towards that deduction that you may be able to take. Now, in order for you to qualify to itemize your deductions, you would have to surpass, like go past what the standard deduction rate is set for for that year. So for 2022, for a person who is a single filer, the 2022 standard deduction is 12950 So between all of your things like medical expenses, um, mortgage interest, a student loan interest, as well as your charitable donations, all of those things together would have to surpass that 12950 as a single filer or 25900 as a couple married filing jointly. So for you would have to exceed that in order for you to really see it lowering your taxable income on your taxes that way. And then finally, I know that some people often feel like they're being selfish if they make a donation to an organization they care about and also get a tax benefit from that. What are your thoughts on that feeling and how people can really navigate it for themselves? I think that the reason why the benefit is there for folks to be able to deduct it is to encourage giving because that's the incentive for some folks. But I think that folks will make donations that are not going to necessarily lower their taxable income or make push them over to qualify to itemize their deductions. But they make it because, you know, maybe that organization holds value or you really believe in the cause and whatever you can donate, you want to help make a difference in that way. So... Thank you, Kat, so much. Um, As always, I learn so much um, from having you answer our questions. I really appreciate you being here. Lauren, I love getting to spend time with you. Thanks for riffing on charitable giving, the upside at the heart level and at the tax level. And thank you so much to Mari and Kat for being with us today. Bye, Daniel. See you next time, Lauren. Friends with Tax Benefits is an Intuit TurboTax podcast produced by Frequency Media. We're your hosts, Daniel Thrall. And I'm Lauren Thomas. From Intuit TurboTax, Jane Lahani is our executive producer, and Tony Melinda is our video producer. From Frequency Media, Jordan Rizieri is our producer, Emily Krumberger is our associate producer, and Matthew Ernest Filler is our editor and sound designer. Concept Development by Jessica Olivier, Jill Pachesnik, and Isabel Moncloa-Daly. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found.